0: Thank you. Uh, these are my declarations of interest. So the topic that I were able to discuss with you today is a review on how we can use liquid biopsy concept in the management of uh, colorectal cancer. We know that ballot based biomarkers in cancer are becoming increasingly important, and actually, we can measure with. Uh, more and more sensitivity and specificity, not only DNA but also RNA, microRNA, and obviously protein. And we must remember the sources are very different from cell-free circulating nucleic acid to circulating tumor cells from exosomes and even from palatolids. Uh, there are a few important challenges that we are still to solve for the analysis of circulating free. Uh, DNA. First of all, the absolute levels are very low, although with the more recent techniques, especially when we use multi-gene uh, assessment by uh, next-generation sequencing techniques, even few nanograms per ml of plasma can be detectable and measured, and uh, an important issue is that circulating cell-free DNA is a mixture of uh, tumor-derived DNA and normal DNA, deriving from uh, um, large varieties of normal uh, dividing cells. And therefore, the circulating tumor DNA is only a fraction that can go from as low as less than 0.1% to as high as 50% of what is circulating as free DNA in the plasma. And an important issue is that, obviously, the higher tumor burden, higher is the possibility that um, cell-free DNA is shed by cancer cells and... Could be found in the plasma, and therefore is higher the chance of finding mutations or um, alterations in advanced or metastatic patients. And usually, these are short sequences, highly fragmented, and the range is relatively small in size, from 50 to 200 base pairs. And the half-life is obviously relatively short. So basically, four potential applications can be um, seen in management of colorectal cancer. From early stage of disease, even early diagnosis before cancer is known, to the detection of minimal residual disease. And this will be mostly, I guess, the topic of of the next presentation. And I will focus more on molecular profiling for the identification of prognosis, more importantly predictive markers for precision medicine approach of therapy. And obviously, in a dynamic uh, sequential uh, timing monitoring response, to therapy to study um, clonal evolution of a tumor. In uh, the time of uh, detection of of, um, early disease recurrence, there is very interesting data that show clearly that in stage 2 colon cancer patients that underwent only surgery, uh, the presence of circulating tumor DNA predicts recurrence and the same is in terms of adjuvant chemotherapy in those patients with a risk stage two disease that uh, underwent uh, adjuvant chemotherapy. And this precedes Um, um, radiological progression and uh, um, rise in CAA level. In terms of molecular profiling for the identification of the disease, now we have more and more evidence that what we found in the tissue is more or less found also in the plasma in most patients. Uh, in a very similar way in terms of sensitivity and specificity. Uh, these are the first data that came from a series of retrospective analyses that were using mostly the uh, seismic beaming uh, um, uh, assay, but uh, also, with uh, more recent techniques and other um, vendors, it's possible to find similar results. Basically, the first study by Schmigel was basically done in Germany, whereas the other two ta- uh, studies published last year in Annals of Oncology was first author Salvidal and Grasselli mostly from a series of patients from three institutions here in Barcelona from um, Ramon Salazar, Clara Montagut and obviously uh, Josep Tabernero Alvio and without entering in the details we can say that when we use uh, beaming technology in uh, tissue and in plasma, there is a very high concordance level in uh, defining if a tumor is uh, RAS wild well type or RAS mutant. And so, clearly, this shows that uh, it is feasible and is possible to measure with uh, almost the same accuracy by uh, beaming technology uh, the presence of mutation. And actually, if you just see in these retrospective courts that uh, are in the Grasselli paper of uh, um, treatment with anti-GFR plus monoclonal antibodies plus irinotekin in a 2nd line setting, these patients can be uh, equally um, evaluated in terms of uh, disease-free survival either if we use standard of care um, tumor assessment or uh uh, cDNA uh, evaluation of RAS mutation prior anti-GFR therapy. And so there is at least a very uh, relevant concordance. Um, within our trial that we did long time ago, the so-called EGAPRIGOIN trial, we tried to see if this could be reproduced. And uh, in, the, um, in the trial, we had originally 340 RAS exon wild type, uh, K-RAS exon to well-type patients. And out of this uh, 182 patients were tested with a simplified NGS analysis on the tissue, on the primary tissue, and half of these patients were also having a baseline plasma sample that was available for testing. In our analysis, most of the cases were concordant in terms of having either a ORAS wild-type tumor or any mutation in K or NRAS genes, but uh, Ten discordant cases were uh, with plasma mutated and tissue wild well type and vice versa. Ten were in uh, mutation in the tissue and well-type for the plasma. So the concordance here was much lower, although you have to keep in mind that these were archival samples that were taken and uh, preserved as plasma. Uh, few years before the analysis actually if we compare in terms of predictions of pfs and overall survival uh, the baseline plasma versus uh, the um, tissue determination of kras and ras mutation status this correlates very well and so patients treated with fulfilipascetuximab with the ras wild type tumor as detected by tissue where uh, with much longer uh, PFS, in this case, in the median progression-free survival exceeded uh, 12 months, and uh, conversely with much higher um, overall survival, about three years. And the same with very similar figures could be seen with the li- liquid biopsy testing. Uh, interestingly, was to analyze which were the differences between discordant cases in terms of, for example, mutant tissue and the plasma in the wild-type cases. As you remember, these were 10 patients, and uh, there were some common um, characteristics. For example, seven out of these patients had a recurrence of the disease after the surgical section, the primary. So the primary was where the mutation was, and the recurrence in most of these cases, at least in half of them, occurred relatively later, after one year, and most of the lesions were outside uh, liver, where usually there is much higher concordance. And in any case, these 10 patients had an higher um, survival. And so a negative liquid biopsy may suggest in this uh, case a much lower tumor burden and uh, a better outcome. But uh, on the other side, patients whose tumors were mutant in plasma, nine out of them were really uh, Mutant and so basically was in most cases the um, the plasma determination was much uh, more sensitive than determination in the tissue, but in any case, this uh, underlines the uh, tumor heterogeneity that can be found when we measure in the plasma obviously one of the um, assumptions is that we are collecting anything coming from any tumor site, whereas when you are We are testing one tissue. We are testing just one tissue. And therefore, an important aspect is how we can monitor response to therapy in order to take into account clonal evolution. And we know that, for example, even after chemotherapy, um, circulating tumor DNA can change. And usually... If it changes, at least there is some evidence, that if it changes early after starting therapy, in this case chemotherapy, this could be associated with a better response and a better progression-free survival. In terms of uh, um, what is the evolution of the appearance of mutations in patients treated with anti-GFR therapy and then recurring or progressing, obviously we now have a relatively well-defined landscape of gene mutations that could be responsible with a very high difference in terms of percentage, and also very high difference in terms of clonality, because uh, we have to keep in mind that maybe the highest clonality is still in the mutation of KRAS and RAS gene. And uh, therefore, even in terms of uh, um, occurrence of mutations through and uh, during treatment, there is uh, an important subclonality. And uh, as usual, we can think about being either de novo mutations or the selection of relatively small uh, groups of cells. There were very small uh, number of cells that were sorted out by a selection were killing the sensitive cells and favoring now an emerging group of mutated clones. And so basically, as was already pointed out by several reviews articles, in this case liquid biopsy is the only uh, simple tool that we could have in our hands as a medical oncologists to um, understand in a single patient's temporal spatial. Uh, heterogeneity in cancer progression. But uh, um, what was really interesting was this study published by the group of Alberto Bardelli in Turin, now several years ago, that for the first time clearly showed that occurrence of uh, RAS mutations were a key determinant for occurrence resistance to um, treatment with anti GFR monoclonal antibodies such as chituximab or panitumumab. And uh, Alberto in the East group was also able to find that in some cases, other mutations that were different from the classical mutations that are um, the ones that we uh, find ma- uh, more in the tumor before treatment with anti GFR antibodies could be found. Uh, and these mutations we know now have a very relevant temporal evolution. We know for example that uh, the longer patients are l- not treated with anti GFR, the higher is the chance some of these mutations disappear. But uh, a lot of different studies, mostly by series of retrospective studies, have been showing with different techniques uh, uh, that uh, the most common mutations that are linked to acquired resistance to anti treatment in metastatic cancer patients still belong to the RAS family of genes. Um, to make uh, things uh, um, more understandable in a prospective way, there was this study. It is a small uh, prospective liquid biopsy monitoring study done by uh, Mani Dalgo and colleagues uh, here in Spain that uh, was uh, following 25 patients treated with Fulfiri plus in first line uh, by conservative lipid biopsy determination of the key genes for uh, the pathway, and so the Keras and Ras, Piatric and ACA, MBRAF gene. And clearly, as you can see in this panel, patients had never developed mutations in the pathway where the patients having the best uh, um, Treatment advantage, and you can see the patients with the continuous uh, circulating tumor DNA in the wild type status were those patients with having a better progression free survival that translated in a matter much better survival. And so although this is a small uh, single-arm series, this is very uh, relevant for the concept that we were discussing. And uh, again, uh, the evolution of mutations post-treatment is uh, quite... uh, Remarkably uh, different, not only in terms of genes, but also in terms of percentage of clones that are emerging. A clear evidence of this came with this study. I'm not entering the details of the study that Clara uh, and Guilherme published uh, earlier this year in JAMA Oncology, where the efficacy of a doublet of monoclonal antibodies to the EGFR, the so-called CMO4, was tested in patients with refractory treatment to anti-GFR therapy, and molecular selection was possible because in this patient, uh, a basal uh, Gardant plasma um, assessment by NGS was done on 70 genes in terms of mutation, amplification, um, and deletions. And the interesting aspect of the trial in this part of heterogeneity was that the basal uh, liquid biopsy assessment of genes in these patients following uh, resistance to anti-GFR treatment and before CMO4 treatment was that uh, a lot of genes were mutated. Clearly clonality was very different. And APC and TP3 genes were those that were basically mutated in most of the cells and were really clonal since the origin. And uh, there was a hierarchy in terms of clonality. For example, KRAS was the first of these genes with higher clonality. And if we set a 20% in a very arbitrary way um, per, uh, of uh, mutant allele frequency, uh, the possibility is a clonal tumor. This is, uh, applies only for KRAS, and much less for NRAS, BRAF, V600E, and even for the merging extracellular domain mutation for the EGFR. And if you see in the panel C without reading, because it's impossible to read, you will see individual patients in which there is a number of genetic um, changes that involve a lot of genes and most of these genes these are subclonal how this translates in efficacy or potential predictivity to response to anti-gfr remains to be determined especially for the role of uh, egfr extracellular domain mutations because these antibodies were thought to be developed to work also in these mutants that usually occur in 30 to 50% of cases, after uh, prolonged cetuximab or panitumumab exposure, but uh, to make things more complex, in this randomized phase two trial, the appropriate dose of simo4 was more effective than the standard chemotherapy approach of choice, only in those patients with uh, what we call uh, the triple-negative metastatic colorectal cancers that were RAS, RAF, and. Excel- cellular egf domain negative. This telling you that the situation is more complex than we can think, even when we monitor patients in metastatic disease. So in conclusions, uh, we need highly sensitive methods for Detecting biomarkers, especially if they are of uh, nucleic acid source in the circulating free DNA, especially if you want to look at circulating tumor-derived DNA, and the next-generation sequencing-based techniques are maybe the best comprehensive molecular portrait for evaluating the tumor in the uh, in the plasma. Therefore, I strongly believe that liquid biopsy will become more and more relevant as a practical tool that we, as medical oncologists, will have in daily practice, at least for the treatment of metastatic colorectal cancer, but I will say that at least for other solid tumors such as uh, lung cancer or, for example, metastatic melanoma. And we need to learn more and more from prospective trials what means the high level of tumor heterogeneity that can be recapitulated in the liquid biopsy uh, readout, because clearly the more we learn about subclonality, the more uh, we shift from the idea that all cancer cells are equal and then they are different. And so a very important aspect, if we don't want to translate the concept of liquid biopsy to clinical practice, is the quality of liquid biopsy testing with adequate monitored program of external quality assessment programs. And this has been very relevant when we started with immunistochemistry with EGFR, for example, or for um, then for the assessment of mutations of KRAS and then NRAS and BRAF. And this becomes even more relevant when we do NGS in the plasma. Thank you very much.